Well, take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Luke with me as we consider the prodigal son. I want to digress from the sermon outline that's in the bulletin and preach this passage with a more pastoral approach, particularly because of the loss of loved ones in the last few weeks here at our church. There's a lot going on here at Ekron Baptist Church, and uh, grief is heavy in the air, and um, the presence of God is real, and we have an opportunity to minister to people in, in this hour. How many of you remember how you heated your home uh, when you were a child? Think about that for a minute. How many of you remember how you heated your home when you were a child? How many of you had a fireplace? Raise your hand. Anybody had a fireplace? Okay, good. How many used uh, propane or butane? gas heaters, those little independent gas heaters that we, we had one at our house, and, and uh, I'd stand in front of it. My mom would sit there. Of course, our house was uh, kind of open, wasn't real tight, and a lot of that heat would escape. Uh, so she sat close to the heater, and I'd stand in front of her till the bus driver drove up, and she'd grab the front of my britches leg and pull it up like that right there and just burn the scorched backside of my leg, and she just laughed at me. And um, I'll never f forget that. A lot, a lot of memories there. A lot of stories were told around the fireplace as well uh, in the evening hours. And so uh, when we think about a fireplace, we think about the term hearth. And uh, out of the word hearth is where we derive the term home. So when you think about home, you think about a fireplace, you think about a hearth, you think about telling stories, you think about gathering with family and friends and people that you care about. And so our passage today is the story of a homecoming, uh, a son who leaves home and then returns home. And he is welcomed, but uh, he has a brother who does not want to join in the party. And we have to ask ourselves today, am I like the prodigal that's returning home? Or am I like the begrudging brother who is jealous of the party that's being thrown for his little brother? Let's read this passage of scripture and see if we cannot find some guidance today in the times in which we live. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. And he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Uh, I like the King James translation of that, riotous living. Just carefree as long as the money holds out, you got friends. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be in need. And he went and attached himself to one of the citizens of that country, and this citizen sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he was longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. 
But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and will go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, had compassion for him, ran, embraced him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf, kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field when he came and approached the house. And he heard the music and the dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things might be. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in, and his father came out and began entreating him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you, and I've never neglected a command of yours, and yet you've never given me a kid. I might be merry with my, that I might be merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth and harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, My child, you've always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to be merry and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found." Will you bow with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for this scripture, for this long story that uh, reminds us of what it's like to come home again to a loving and waiting and patient, compassionate Heavenly Father. And I pray today, Lord, that you will guide our understanding and uh, speak to us, Lord, in clear and fresh ways that we might discern how we can help people come home to Jesus. In the name of the Lord we pray, amen. We live in a day when people are trying to come home. We want to go back to what was normal. We live in the COVID crisis and we wish we didn't have to be like we are. There is a, a vaccine now that's available. I've had my one shot, but I got one more to go. And uh, yet I think there's going to be another couple of years before we'll be able to converse without having to wear the mask. It's going to be around for a long time. We'd like to get back to normal because we've been away from normal for so long. This prodigal son decided on his own that he would leave home and take the estate that was rightly his. And it was his to have, and the father was willing to give it to him, but the son didn't know how to, how to deal with wealth, and so he partied all the time. He wasted everything he had. And he was longing to come back home because he was hungry. He was eating with the swine. And he was embarrassed. Now this sense of rebellion that the son lived in had its consequences and its payday. But the son said, if I could just be restored, if I could just come home, 
if I could just find the Father again and be one of his hired servants, then I'd have it made. And so when he came back home, he discovered that the Father had been waiting for him. This passage of Scripture describes the waiting Father as one who was looking down the lane, believing that his son would come back home one day. And sure enough, he did. And as the son came back home, the father began to rejoice and told the servants to kill the fatted calf and let's have a party for the son has come back home. And then there's an elder brother. And sometimes I'm like the elder brother. I'm not too excited about rejoicing with other people because something good has happened to them. Uh, when I'm grumpy, I want everybody else to be grumpy. When I'm sad, I want everybody else to be sad. When I'm out of joint, I want everybody else to join in my misery. I get that way sometimes. And I think that's what the elder brother was like when his brother, his younger brother came back home. And he could not join in the party. I want us to think about three ways today that we can help people come home. One way that we can help people come home is share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are lost without Jesus Christ. People have wasted every opportunity to be or have eternal life because we have sought with our inner appetite and desire uh, all the things of the world, and the world has wasted everything that we have had. Uh, we have a way of, of uh, losing all that we have to the world because we think if we can just acquire more stuff and more things in the world, that will somehow we will be happy. But the truth is, the things of this world cannot make us happy. Uh, our joy comes in our relationship to God. St. Augustine said it this way, Our hearts are restless until they rest in Thee. Meaning that we find rest when we come home to Jesus Christ. When we come back to that love relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, we find a rest. We find a hearth. We find a home. We find a home place. People are journeying and looking these days and longing for that sense of going back home. And there's something in you that ever since you left home, you've been wanting to go back home. There's something in you that wants to remember the good old days. There's something in you that's forgotten how bad the good old days used to really be. But there's something in you that wants to return back to that time. And the Bible teaches us we cannot go back. We must only go forward. And the opportunity for us is to return to the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him and follow Him as faithful disciples of the Lord. And when we do that, we are back in the fellowship with God, and things are all of a sudden right again. That's where we get the word shalom. The term shalom in the Old Testament means to be in balance, to have well-being. Uh, it's to find happiness and joy by finding balance and well-being. And when we return to the Heavenly Father, when we repent of our sin and return to the Heavenly Father, we find that balance again. We find that life is working out again. We find a peace, we find a joy, we can rest, and uh, we can enjoy the blessings of the Lord over all the things of the world. So let us remember, especially during this time of, of getting the gospel out to every home, uh, we had a prayer meeting here yesterday, and 
We'll continue to be in prayer as plans are being made even this afternoon for distributing the gospel in our area coming up in the month of May. I want you to consider that you would be one of those that will take a packet to a house, put it on the front porch, and even take the bold step of having a gospel conversation with the person that answers the door. And uh, that you would open the packet, you would share with them. The inside is a DVD uh, called the, uh, the Jesus Story. Uh, it's, the, it's the same movie uh, that is distributed around the world on the mission field. And the people who have uh, taken care of that and purchased that movie are going to give to us all the copies that we need to put in all the packets that we're going to hand out. There are 722 homes in the area that, that we have been selected to cover with three or four other churches. Uh, we are going to partner with Salem Baptist. We're going to partner with Buck Grove. We're going to partner with Guston. And uh, we'll end up with only about 200 and maybe 250 homes. I believe without any problem in the month of May, Ekron Baptist Church can get the gospel out to 250 homes. That just doesn't seem like an overwhelming project to me. That seems like a small number. But that's, our, that's going to be our assignment. And this afternoon we're meeting to, uh, after the deacons meeting to talk about where those 250 homes are going to be. So you'll hear more from me about an opportunity to get the gospel out. So we've been praying for the lost and we're going to be sharing the gospel with the lost and we're going to be helping them come home to find their salvation and their place of rest in their relationship with God by faith in Jesus Christ. A second way I think we can help people come home is to be compassionate and join them in their grief. We are experiencing a lot of grief in our congregation. Our, our hearts go out uh, to families that have lost their loved ones in the last several days. I know Richard Brown has lost his, his sweet wife, and uh, our heart goes out to them. Uh, Mrs. Mims has lost her husband, Clyde, uh, just a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and our hearts go out to them as well. And uh, people are, are hurting and grieving, and I'm so pleased to know that Ekron is a place you can come home and you can have fellowship, you can have a memorial service. We welcome you and we want to join you in your journey of grief. And I really feel like this is a way to connect with people and help them to come home. Um, of all the things that people will remember about our church, it will be the times most remembered will be those occasions where we open the doors of our church and we said, you are welcome here. And we will love you. And if you want a meal, fine. If you don't care for a meal, that's fine too. But you are welcome here. And uh, we are praying with you and journeying with you in faith. I really feel like we could benefit from a monthly uh, grief recovery group in our church, a grief recovery support group. I really feel like that uh, our church could benefit from that. And uh, just another way we can join with folks who have lost their loved one and need a place to come home to and feel like they are uh, ministered to and accepted and loved. When we grieve, we don't all grieve the same way. Uh, we don't grieve the same, uh, uh, the same 
pace. Uh, each of us has our own <coughs> pace and path to follow in, in grief. And um, we're journeying with that in our family as well. And we are so grateful for the opportunity to focus on our grandchildren and focus on the future because we feel like we're coming out of our cave of grief. And you've been a part of that, and we thank you. And we felt like, you know, this is home. Uh, we, we've come back home, and you have opened your church and your doors and your prayers for us. And we want to do that for our community, uh, not just for the people who are members of our church, but people who are in our community as well. And then I think a third way that we can minister to people and help them to come home is rejoice with them when they rejoice. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 12 and verse 15, weep with those who weep and then rejoice with those who rejoice. Now, in this parable, the younger son comes back home. There is a party and he, he realizes, you know, I'm not worthy of this, but I get to party. This is just awesome. So, in grace, he is allowed to rejoice again. And that's new for him. Because he's been grieving that he's been eaten with the swine. He's been a long way from home and longing to come home and, and willing to be just a servant. But the father says to him, I'm going to make you a son again. And I'm going to restore the status that you had. And we're going to party. And we're going to have a good time. And then there's the elder brother saying, I am not joining in. I'm holding out, and I'm not, going to, I'm not going to rejoice with my little brother. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm going to sit here in my self-righteousness. And he told his father, he said, Father, I have kept every commandment. I've done everything you've asked me to do. Now, the picture here is of the religious leaders who are acting that way in the presence of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. For example, the young man who was wealthy, and he said to the Lord Jesus, What must I do to be saved and inherit eternal life and live forever? And Jesus said, Well, keep all the commandments. Oh, well, I've done that. I have done that. And Jesus said, That's good. Now sell everything you got and come follow me. He said, I can't do that. I can't do that. And the Bible says he was grieved because he was great wealth. And so we sit in our self-righteousness sometimes, and will not join in the celebration of good news for other people when they rejoice. And I think a way to help people come home is to learn how to rejoice with those who rejoice. And so today I leave that with you as a way of thinking about helping people to come home. Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Now, the opportunity today is to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and to come home to Him. And we do rejoice and celebrate. We've got baptism coming up soon for about three people that are here. And uh, we're looking forward to that. We're going to be celebrating with you. Um, but maybe there's somebody else here. I know there are others here that are listening right now who have never committed your life to the Lord Jesus. I know that. And I'm praying for you. And know that the Doors of this church are open. That decision to return home to Christ and say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Uh, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. I don't want to be ashamed of you. I want to be baptized. And I want to serve you with the rest of my life. This is your opportunity to come. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. 
you too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.